Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. He came in in the person of God, being God, 100% God in human flesh, uh, to tabernacle, to show people the way of salvation. But they would not believe him. I don't believe Jesus. That's what they say. And uh, he's not God. And they called him names. You expect to be called names. Why do people reject the gospel? Because of, a, of the hardness of heart. Because of the hardness of heart. Acts chapter 7, verses 51 and 52, it says, you, Stephen is talking here, and I mean, he's just laying them out. You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. You didn't just do it, your fathers did it too. And so do you. Which of the prophets did, you, did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one. Who is the just one? The Lord Jesus Christ, of whom you now have become the betrayer and murderers. They murdered Jesus. They murdered God. Because of hardness of heart. And there are some people who have hard hearts. Could be a child that you're trying to witness to. And, and you're having a hard time. You're doing everything you can to, to get that child to Jesus. And he's just fighting. He's struggling. He's been around the church all his life. He's heard you read. He's seen scripture memory. Uh, he or she has done speeches unto the Lord. Uh, your grandchildren. Or perhaps it's a husband. And, and you know what? I, I've seen people who are actually dying of cancer, sick, and I'm witnessing to them and I tell them about Jesus and say, are you ready to see Jesus, receive Jesus? No. I say, my God, even in their condition, in their state. So what do you do when you got a loved one like this? You keep on ministering to them. Don't you, don't you stop? Now, don't, don't just, uh, just inundate them with Christ so much. Every time you, you come to bring them a glass of water, you better receive Jesus. You, you, you fix him a cup of coffee, you know, Jesus is waiting on you. How long is it going to be before you come to Jesus? Oh, wait, no, 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 no. The Lord will give you times to minister to your loved ones, how to back off and then proceed, how to be kind, be gentle. And uh, i tell you something else. Like I told a person just yesterday on the phone, everything is not for you to see in your lifetime. <laughs> the person you've been praying for that won't come to Christ, perhaps there will be some trials and some things that will intrude into their lives and they'll remember your words and they may come to Christ after you've been in heaven five or ten years or longer. So you just keep on praying, keep on hoping. If you don't see nothing in that child, have your children not want to come to church. No inclination, no, nothing about God.
You just keep believing God because when you stop praying, you are saying that person is too hard for God to save. And you don't want to believe that. I mean, look at Saul. Saul was a notorious villain. He persecuted the church, but God arrested him on the road to Damascus. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He wreaked havoc in the church. And God converted that devil and made him one of the finest saints in the kingdom, writing all those books in the New Testament and being mightily used of God and end up dying for the cause of Christ. So you keep praying. Don't don't frustrate yourself. God makes everything beautiful in his time. So let's, let's, let's move on. Why do people reject Christ? Because of spiritual blindness. They reject Christ because of spiritual blindness. Uh, Matthew 13, 15a says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes uh, they have closed. They've closed their eyes, spiritually closed. They're blind. They can't see. They can't see. They are actually, I mean, they can see. They can have 20-20 vision physically, but spiritually, they are blind. And until the Lord opens their eyes, they won't be able to see. Spiritual blindness is the reason many reject the gospel. Next, many reject the gospel because they have knowledge. They have knowledge without a genuine relationship with Christ. They have knowledge without a genuine relationship with Christ. James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. (laughs) Even the demons believe there is a God. They believe that, you know, they were once with God in their unfallen state. But when they fell, they didn't lose knowledge about God. They, They knew about God. Uh, demons know the truth about God. They know the truth about God. I tell you something else about demons. Demons have knowledge of Scripture. And not only do demons have knowledge of Scripture, they can even quote the Scriptures, but possess no relationship with Christ because they hate God and they hate his word. Hey, God. And you know what? It's a sad thing to go to hell with Bible knowledge. With Bible knowledge. You know the Bible. You can quote a few verses. You got some, you got Bible knowledge. You know Bible theology. You know the doctrines of the faith without a personal relationship with God. Listen, when, when God gets a hold of you, it's not just about knowing the facts. It's about experiencing God, having a relationship with God, a true transformative experience from God, spiritual growth in God, doing, having works that are manifested because of an inward transformation from God. Oh, beloved, in the name of Jesus, don't just be able to quote a few scriptures or know a few facts about the the Bible or have knowledge about God without a relationship with him. Do you know him experientially, relationally? Why do people reject the gospel of Christ? 
because they love their sin. They love their sin. The Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is the light of the world. He was born light in the midst of darkness. And yet people rejected the light, spiritual light, which provides and imports spiritual life. Jesus Christ provides spiritual life. And he imports that life to those who believe in him by faith alone. How tragic, listen at this, how tragic it is when people have the opportunity to receive eternal life but reject it because they love the pleasures of sin and wickedness above having a relationship with Christ. Let me say that again. You're really listening. I sense you're listening. How tragic it is when people have the opportunity to receive eternal life, but reject it because they love the pleasures of sin and wickedness above having a relationship with Christ. This is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. That's Christ. And and men, humanity, men, women, boys, and girls loved their darkness, their pleasure, their evil. They loved that more than light because their, their deeds were evil. Their hearts are depraved. Their own depravity, their own human depravity is all in the way. Next, why do people reject the gospel? Because of religious hypocrisy. Because of religious hypocrisy. In Titus chapter 1 verse 16 it says, they claim, underline that, they claim to know God, but their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Beloved, religious hypocrisy from those who say they know Christ but live a loose, sinful, unrestrained life becomes a stumbling block to lost sinners from receiving Christ. In other words, there are, people, there are, there are folk uh, in the church, uh, people who say they are believers, but, but everything about them indicates otherwise. And they have the audacity to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a saint. But they go into strip clubs. They're delving in pornography. They're living unholy. They're sleeping around. They're in adultery. They're doing all kinds of sordid evil. Saying they're Christian, they are deceived. They are deceived. And that's why you have many sinners not coming to Christ because of religious hypocrisy. You, the first thing they say, you know what? I'm not coming to God and I'm not coming to that church because there's too many hypocrites in the church because they see so many Christians doing otherwise after they leave the church. Huh. I declare this today. Christians, will you please get your act together? I say it again. 
Christians, will you please get your act together? And if you don't have it together, stop saying I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. Don't, don't invite anybody to Maranatha. They're not coming. That's an indictment against the church. You're messing all of us up. Oh, God, why do people reject the gospel? Because of pride. Pride is why Lucifer fell. Psalms 10, chapter 10, verse 4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. No room for God. Oh, room for stuff, room for pleasure, room for buddies, room for sports, <laughs> room for drugs, room for a lot of alcohol, room for op- opioids, room for all this stuff, but, but no room for God. No room for God. Listen, the height of pride in people is to have too high a view of themselves. The height of pride in people is to have too high a view of themselves to think that there is not anything wrong with them and to believe there is no need for God in their life. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I don't need that. I'm already just like I am. Go tell somebody else about that. That frightens me. That, just to hear somebody say that makes me shudder because I have a reverential fear of God. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so many people don't come because of academic pride intellectualism, materialism, you know, power. Uh, They they, they don't come for a whole lot of reasons. Another reason people reject the gospel is a subtle one. Because of growing up in a Christian family. (laughs) That's a subtle one. You know, well, I grew up in a family. I, 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 my mama say my daddy was a deacon, uh, uh, my daddy was a preacher, and my brother's evangelist, and my and my sister's the she's a church pianist. <laughs> because of growing up in a Christian family, and so that you have a tendency of thinking that that guarantees your salvation. Having godly Christian parents and siblings, that's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with them having positions in the church, but it doesn't mean you are automatically saved because of their own spiritual legacy and relationship with God. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> Salvation is not transferable. <laughs> you hear me? Salvation is not transferable. You don't. You don't. Your mama, they don't just, well, I'm going to just transfer a little mind to yours. 
to you. You know, you since you don't have enough sense to get saved, I'm gonna I'm gonna just trans. Yeah, I, I'm gonna help you, boy. I'm gonna help you, girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna help you, grandchild. I'm gonna just transfer a little what I got to you. No, it's not transfer. I and let me give you a bigger thought. God has no grandchildren. <laughs> God has no grandchildren. He only has children. He only has children. Therefore, you must accept Christ for yourself. Just like your mama had to accept Christ for herself. Your daddy had to accept Christ for himself. Your sister had to accept Christ for himself. Your, uh, your brother, your grandma, they had to accept Christ for, your, for themselves. You say, can you show me a scripture on that? I need that because I thought, you know, if I get saved, that means my whole house is saved. Let me, the word of God straighten you out. It's a verse you already know. But now you will see it even in another light. Romans 10 and 9. That if you, not your mama, not your daddy, not your cousin, <laughs> not your buddy, not your sorrow, not your frat brother. That if you confess with your mouth, not their mouth, that child got to confess with his mouth. His, your mouth, underline that, the, who? The Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart. Not everybody else say, my mama say, no, no, I, I, mama say, but what about you? I'm talking about your heart, boy. I'm talking about your heart, daddy, because sometimes the child is saved and the dad is lost, or the mama's lost, or the aunt is lost. I'm talking about my heart. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Not everybody else, you will be saved. Not your brother, not your sister, not your co-worker. You, you will be saved. It's a personal thing between you and God. I, I can't get in your heart and save you. I can preach the gospel, but I, but I can't save you. I, I can have everything homiletically, homonutically uh, correct, theology correct. I can have it all tidy and all right and all that, and I can do it with passion and energy, but the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I can't save you. Your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. They can present the gospel to you, but, but, they, but they can't save you. Only God can save you. Only God. So, so growing up in a Christian family, and that makes it difficult because even my personal experience, you know, thank you, Lord, for giving me this. Uh, you just gave it to me. I grew up in a Christian family. My daddy... Sang in a choir. My dad was a deacon. My mama sang in a choir. I remember that that gray robe she had with the little yellow thing, blue banner going around, and, and she was leading this song. So God has bless her heart. She's in heaven now. She was saying, "God is the answer." I remember those songs that they were saying, and uh, and I just look at that, and I would just sit there on the front row, and I would just look. I was I was a, I was a peculiar child. 
I didn't want to sit back there. I always found my way. I didn't even sit with my, rather did I sit with my parents back in the back somewhere. Because my mama was a shouting sister. I never would forget. One time I had a derby hat. And I used to wear a derby hat. And I had my hat and I was sitting on my lap in church. And all of a sudden my mama got happy. And she flattened my hat in my lap. <laughs> she enjoyed God. You know, she, she, she enjoyed God. You know what? And I was looking at that. It's because she had a relationship. I said, look, my mama was... You know, don't, don't take all that. You know, my mama, y'all seen her cut loose around here. I bless her heart. You remember, my mama, my mama had a relationship with God. You know what my mama said? My mama said, look, boy, if you don't have God, if you don't have family, and you don't have the church, you don't have much going for you. You don't have much going for you. And so, I, you know, I grew up in the context. Not that we were a perfect family. We had issues and all that. You know, with six brothers and sisters, you know you would have one restroom, one little this, and a little TV with a couple of channels, you know, that went on, that signed off at midnight with the Lord's Prayer. Y'all remember that? You know, <laughs> some of y'all do. You young folk don't. TV don't go off now, you know. I came up in the context, and what would bother me all the time is that I can remember the exact date time and place that I really got saved. I, I used to hear people say, oh, it was on a June the 9th, about 6 o'clock, I was sitting on the morning's bank, bench and God arrested me or somebody else. They come up with these sensational testimonies about Christ and I felt like I was left out. And I forget, and I, and I, I was walking with the Lord, but I was still kind of, because I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint the date. I wanted to know the date. I wanted to know the time. I wanted to be able to say it like the mother folk could say it. And so I thought I was lacking something because I grew up in a Christian home where I was in that context. And, I, I, and somewhere along the way in that experience, I came to know the Lord without having a date and knowing the time because of being in that environment. So I was at a conference one day. I can't even think of the guy's name. I think it was Bill Bright or somebody. I was talking, I was at a conference. I said, you know, I said, <laughs> I said, I, I'm struggling. He said, what you struggling? I said, sometimes I still wonder about my salvation. I'm preaching and I'm pastoring. He said, that's just the devil. He said, he, just, he asked one question to me. He said, I got a question for you right now. I said, what's that? He said, are you walking with the Lord right now? Are you believing God right now? Are you living for Christ right now? You know, he started dealing with the present and all that until everything just began to calm down and my faith began to just get more solidified. Because if you're not careful, Satan will, you can be saved and Satan will make you doubt the fact that you are actually saved when you're saved. He works that way also. You see what I'm saying? So the subtleties of how Satan works, even in a Christian context of a family, uh, can deceive you and you, you better know without a doubt that you have your own faith because you believe Jesus Christ for yourself and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your faith in Christ. Do I have a witness here? Well, another, another reason people fail to come and reject is, is because of believing salvation is by works. Because of believing salvation is by works. 
Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we prophesied in your name? Look at that. Your name. Have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Look at verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are those who come to church who think they are saved, but in reality, they are not. And if you come to church, have good church attendance, and you go to hell from the church house, that's called going to hell the hard way because the truth be told, you don't have to come to church to go to hell. If you don't go to hell, you can just go straight. (laughs) These people, they have a false sense of security in holding on to religious tradition. They think that religious piousness and traditions, uh, they, they think baptism uh, brings them salvation, baptism, regeneration, and all that stuff. You, and so many go in a dry center, come out a wet center because they haven't had a true conversion. Many of them think they're saved because they're emotional. You know, oh, they they can just go. Oh, they're just happy and they throw their hands. You know, throw, throw their hands up and they holler and they scream and they roll and they foam at the mouth and. They're speaking in tongues, and they're all over the place. So you say, oh, they got it. They may not have it, because Satan can beat them doing all of that. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.